You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because I've got a very special guest on the line this week, all the way from Arizona. Um, she's also a podcaster. She's the host of the very popular podcast, The Course Consultant Show. She's a course consultant herself. She's an expert when it comes to creating uh, and launching your your first course. She's got a background in everything you need. She's a former teacher. She's a instructional um designer and now she helps expert monetize their knowledge so without further ado let me introduce the one and only ms melody johnson melody how are you i'm doing great thank you so much for having me today no i'm excited uh melody i like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up have you got one for us I absolutely do. So one of my favorite quotes is actually by Marianne Williamson, but it's actually something that's mistakenly attributed to Nelson Mandela in one of his speeches. And it's uh, basically the gist of it is our deepest fear is not that we are weak. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? actually, who are you not to be? So that is one of my favorite all-time quotes because a lot of times with course creators, we get so afraid of, I don't have a big list. I don't have a big audience. How am I actually going to make something that someone will want to buy? When actually you have an amazing idea, you have a great content. What we need to do is actually get yourself out there so you can share your light and your story with others. And I'm really excited to dive into that a little bit more today. Yes. Question. Did you read, did you memorize that or were you reading off your computer? I was reading off my computer. Oh. I have not memorized it. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, this woman though. is a weapon. She must, you know, read that quote day in, day out. I, I love that one myself. Believe it or not, I, I, I thought it was a Denzel Washington quote. I think I've heard <laughs> it in a movie by, by, um, uh, by him, but okay. That's good to know. It's Marianne Williams. Um, okay. Now, Melody, I've been following you for the last little while now. Someone's listening this, watching to this. They haven't been following you. Let us know in a nutshell, what is it you actually do there? Yeah, absolutely. So I help online business owners create and sell their profitable idea or course. And so I work oftentimes with service-based business owners specifically to hone in on their ideas so that they can scale their ideas to -to one-to-one work, to -to one-to-many work. And so I saw your podcast and I listened to a few episodes and I was super excited when you reached out to connect. Awesome. Okay. And everyone listening to this, what I recommend doing as well, Melody has a free course creator start outline. I recommend checking that out. I'll put the link uh, down in the the show notes. Now I'm going to hand it over to you, Melody. So let's just do a bit of a, I guess, role play or scenario. Let's say someone's listening to this and they're in that position there. They're a service provider. They're doing a lot of one-to-one stuff, whether it's, you know, weight loss coaching, video editing, um, you know, marketing, whatever it may be. They're a very one life coaching. They're a, you know, relationship, whatever it is. You know, they do a lot of one-on-one sort of stuff. They know they want to put together an online course. It may be dabbled a, a few different things. What what advice can you give that person? I'm just going to hand it over to you for the next 20, 25 minutes. Start where you want to start. And what tips have you got for that person there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
I love listening in to service-based business owners because they know the heartbeat of their customers. And the, the way that I look at it from a service-based business perspective is to really sit down and take a look at those questions that you get from your customers. What are the key things that when you first get started working with them, that they are trying to overcome, right? So, you know, for me, it was, hey, I'm sitting down with this client and it looks like on this strategy call or this discovery call, they have five questions. And in those five questions, we come up with a solution to work one-on-one -on -one together. Now, when it comes to courses, we then need to think about, okay, if I were to take all of those questions and package them up into a product, how can I do it in a way that's gonna get the fastest win the biggest win for my customer. And in doing so, I actually created, obviously, my courses and products and things for other people to work with. Um, but the second thing I think more than anything is to really sit down and map out the customer journey. So from that point, they're, they've answered the, the first question, right? The big pain point. We create some ideas of, okay, what's that next step, right? So how can I get them from point A all the way to point B. Because I think sometimes new course creators, they feel like they need to give away everything. They need to give away this huge, big course when sometimes people are just looking for that quick win. Um, so I definitely think that is the first thing. And the second thing that we need to do, find out what those common questions are, create a, a end goal or product based off of those challenges, and then work through the customer journey of what is it that we're trying to solve, the end goal that we're trying to give our customer at the end of our whole course process. So that was really where I would start them with. Um, you have any questions? Because I could keep on going. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you, you keep going. I'll, I'll jump in if I, if I see some, but feel free to, to keep going and, and continuing on from there. Yeah. So, so the next thing after that is really fine tuning your product. I actually come from an instructional design background, which is the whole idea of adult learning. And so Yes, while there's lots of awesome ideas out there, there is a lot, a lot of better ways to communicate your content. So one thing I like to consider is the Addy method, or um, in some cases, we call it like a SAM method. So essentially what that process looks like is, do you create your product linear, meaning there's a definitive start date to completing, uh, the, to beginning the project, to the end product? And so in doing so, we take everyone from, okay, we're going to make this product and we're going to do the first thing of creating all the content, publishing all the content and selling the content. And what I actually found worked a lot better than that is something closer to the SAM method, which is basically like agile development. So we're creating the content based off of feedback. So what I actually challenged my clients and my students to do is create that minimum viable product first, mm -hmm. see if there's actual revenue that can be generated from that product, then go in, ask for feedback, get those social proof testimonials, then go back and make it better. And you can actually charge just a small amount of funds for the beginning for that minimum viable product, rather than investing months trying to make a 997 course or a 497 course, because at the end goal, we want to get someone down that customer journey path, whether that's through working closer with us one-on-one, -on -one, through working closer with us in a sort of group mastermind or something like that. And so really thinking through, you know, how do I get somebody who doesn't know anything about me to go to that next step? And so that's where we really come up and brainstorm. What's that minimum viable product? Um, 
from there, basically we come up with a game plan, right? So what is it that we need to do to market this program? There's lots of ways that you can do live launching. And I know your last episode uh, that I had listened to at the time of this recording was talking all about automations and funnels and tripwires, which is absolutely fantastic. But getting that first beta feedback is so essential to take it to that next step, right? So taking that new customer into, okay, we've taken them through this journey. They now have the end result. We're going to share that on a sales page. We're then going to say, okay, here's the the offer right then and there. So instead of just saying, I'm only going to wait for this live launch to promote it to my customers, I'm going to now give you the option to purchase it on demand. So that's through email sequences. You can run Facebook or Google ads or doing any other kind of paid promotions, but always starting first with organic And I say that only because sometimes people think that the end goal is to do Facebook ads, but sometimes we don't have enough social proof to actually generate revenue from that. So we want to get that feedback. It's so essential. Um, Yeah. So that's what I would say is really get in tune with what the customer wants, get them through the main product, start automating your offers, and then start refining your overall content marketing plan and getting new people through your whole customer journey. Gotcha. Okay. Let me dive in a little bit here. So, all right, cool. So that all makes sense there. Maybe we talk a little bit about where do we, so let's say you're that service provider. Do we start with creating that, that minimal viable product first or building the list first? Where, where, where do you recommend starting there? Yeah. So um, I think that, you know, you don't have to have a super big list to actually generate revenue from it, but it is very important to have an email list. So if you have, you know, let's say you start out with 20 people, that's great. I would wait until maybe you've reached 200 or 500 people to start really selling off a product only because conversion rates nowadays are a lot lower than, you know, people might think about. And so you want to think about, okay, how can I really get those first few hundred people through my email sequences and ask people what they want? So you know, one thing that I recommend doing is getting a form, like a survey and asking people, hey, who are you? What are you looking for? What kind of topics do you want me to cover? Um, I know that a lot of times I create Facebook or Instagram polls and I'll ask my audience, you know, what are you interested in learning about? You can pop up question stickers. You can actually go and schedule a discovery call and don't pitch anything and ask people, hey, what is it that you're struggling with right now? Where are you at? in your life and or business and how can I really help you? Um, Like what has worked for you in the past in terms of courses? What's something that you really didn't like? And really just getting in line with what the customer is trying to uh, achieve and then creating that content for them. Yes. Love that. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of that myself. A couple of my favorite quotes. um, One of them revolves around, I can't remember the exact wording, but one of them revolves around, um, if you want to be successful as an online course creator, don't fall in love with your course, fall in love with your, your customers or your ideal customers and their, their problems. Because if you're just focusing on your course, it just, it doesn't quite work. You know, it's got to be the customers find out what they want there. Uh, and then the other one similar to that there, um, let me think, I don't want to stuff this one up either. So no, actually, no, I can't think of the exact wording for that one there. Um, but either way, the, the way I sort of look at it is research in, in, in terms of the customer is never a waste of time. I remembered it. So it's like um, you should be able to know your ideal customers, um, describe your ideal customer's problem better than what they can, 
then they're going to um, assume that you know the solution. So if you can just get that ideal problem down packed, then it's so much easier to sell. If it's just all about your solution without doing that research there, it's just way harder to sell, right? So I love those things you've got there, Instagram polls, Facebook polls, survey, discovery calls. Like it's, I think that's the most important part. You know, I think you're better off just spending all your time doing that, doing as much research as possible, then creating the course and launching that. You're just setting yourself up success as trying to guess yourself. Um, any tips for building that audience, Melody? What if someone's listening to this and they're like, ah, you know, I, I don't have an audience or I've got 10 clients that I'm currently working with or 10 ex-clients, you know, I've just got my friends and family on on Facebook any tips on how those people can can get to the, that 200 to 200 email list or how they can start having these conversations or, or doing these polls? Yeah, so I think that, you know, really making your content available to opt into is a really great start. So if you have a Facebook business page or if you haven't set up a Facebook business page, definitely do that right away. I know that sometimes people feel like Facebook business pages aren't what they used to be, which is true, but it is a good tool to have in your belt because later on, once you're ready to do invest in Facebook advertisement, that's going to be part of the process. Um, The other thing would be to actually promote your free resource. So really create a free piece of content that other people can easily consume and opt into. And so I find a lot of people get confused about what is a good balance between free and paid content when I do the free free lead magnet or freebie or whatever it is that you want to call it. And so what I say is really think about your offer, right? So let's say you have an MVP or you're working on your MVP. Look through the modules and pick out maybe two pieces of pillar content in there and then really outline the main challenges that you are going to solve in your freebie. So let's take, for instance, Instagram. Let's say you have an Instagram marketing course, excuse me. (laughs) You have an Instagram marketing course and it's everything from A, setting up your profile to, you know, Z, getting started and actually owning your Instagram reels, right? So maybe your first checklist is going to be an Instagram guide setup list or maybe it could be something like the five things that you need to create jaw-dropping, scroll-stopping Instagram reel covers. And so it's just really, really specific because you know later on, once they're really interested in your content that you're producing, they're going to be interested in learning about what it is that you have for money, right? So like to pay you for something. And so really making strategically aligned free content that's going to overall come from your course. So you don't even have to have all of that course written. It can be something that's on the to-do list for you, but make sure that that free content is there and then really start marketing it on social media. And so you can add the link to your link tree if you're on Instagram, or maybe even create your own version of a link tree on your website. You can add your freebie to the first homepage for your website. Make that the the way that people can opt in. If you're not really tech savvy, you can create a landing page on an email marketing platform like MailerLite or maybe MailChimp. I'm not a big fan of MailChimp myself, but you know, I a, lot, a lot of people it. I'm use glad it. you said that. I hate <laughs> MailChimp. I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback off that. Any 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 opportunity to have a dig at them, you know, because it they're just so popular MailChimp because they've got that free version. But whenever mm-hmm. I've I, I used to try the free version. 
And I'm like, this is just so complicated. I can't do anything on it unless I upgrade to the paid version. And then the paid version is crap. I better just go with active campaigns, 10 bucks a month or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what's really frustrating about it is you can't, even if you're on the paid version, there's some real limitations to the customizations and the workflows. So I just had a client, I was working with him through creating his email welcome sequence. And we were working through his current uh, email marketing platform and he was on MailChimp. And he said, I really don't think that this is what I need. Do you have any recommendations? And I said, yes, absolutely. So we worked through his email welcome sequence. We changed over his system. And now he has leads coming in through his pipeline so that he can actually start seeing some income from his current membership. So it's super exciting to see, you know, what you can do nowadays to automate that sales process instead of trying to, you know, constantly launch things live. And absolutely, I do agree that, when you launch things lives, you do get an influx um, of cash, but I do think it's great to have it automated as well. 100%. All right, cool. Well, let's spend a minute there, or let's actually spend a minute hmm, somewhere around. So now let's say someone's listening to this. They're like, okay, great. You know, um, I've got my lead magnet. You know, I'm doing some posting on Instagram, maybe some some Facebook groups as well, getting some people opt in. Um, at what point do they make the, the minimal viable product? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yeah, so I, again, I think that it would be ideal to have 100 to 500 subscribers and that you have some sort of way for people to know about you. I was just had a, a conversation with some of my students on Saturday about this because they said, how do I know when I'm ready to start selling? Mm. And I said, okay, well, we want to make sure that you have an appetizer we talked about lead magnets, but more than that, it's more about building that personal brand or that brand in general. How can people taste your free stuff and then decide to purchase something from you later? If you don't have appetizers, if you're a restaurant, how will people know if your food's any good, especially if you're a solo-based business owner, especially if you don't have the revenue yet to actually invest in paid advertisements, or even you're not sure how to get started with affiliate marketing. So I say, you know, have, you know, between that 100 to 500 subscribers really have a content marketing plan, whether that's a podcast, like we have today, like we're talking on a blog. Yeah. If you don't like to get on camera, that's a great way to do it. Or a YouTube channel, just some way for people to taste that really great content that you have. So people can decide if it's ultimately going to work for them to choose to purchase from you because conversions are definitely something that everyone wants, but it does take time for people to decide to purchase. Um, and so from the point that you have that content marketing plan, then I think you're ready to start launching it live, create that MVP based off all the feedback, start selling, pre-sell the heck out of it and really ask people, what can you do? You know, how can I make this a no brainer for you? And actually ask people, you know, if I offered this at X amount of dollars, 
would that be something you would interested in purchasing? And if the answer is resounding yes, then go ahead and make that MVP. Get those people to purchase, reach out. You know, and a lot of people think like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna send five emails or three emails or one email to, to my list. And I say, okay, well, did you that, make a conversation? Is that a day they're saying? You're right? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll think that it's just like, someone's just gonna automatically buy the first time around before <laughs> I actually, you know, make a sale. And so I'll say, okay, well, let's take a look at like the relationships that you're building, you know? So, you know, you maybe had a conversation with somebody on Instagram, right? Did you follow up with them about that sale? Um, maybe they got busy. Maybe they were really interested. They just were doing something else. And so some people get afraid of, of being that connected. And while I, I think it, it makes sense, if, if you're a business and you're generating over $10,000 a month or something like that, you don't need to do that. You can outsource that. You can hire somebody to help with your marketing campaigns. But for those people under 1,000 subscribers, maybe even under 500, it doesn't hurt to really reach out on that personal level, communicate with the customer or potential customer and say, hey, I know you were interested in this because I got your message or because I saw that you said you were interested when I sent out that survey. I just wanted to follow up with you and see if you had any questions. And there's nothing pushy about that. I think it's a, a organic way to say, hey, I made the thing. Do you want it? Yes. Love it. Okay. So many good bits of info there. So yeah, I think the content strategy is so important, right? It's not just a matter of, okay, opt in, hear nothing about me for three months and then I'm going to launch. It just, it doesn't work. You know, it's got to just um, nurturing, warm people up. And I'm not a writer, so that's why I like podcasts. And it's very easy just to, then you can send out an email. Hey, here's the latest podcast I did. But if you are a blogger, you know, hey, here's the latest blog I did. Maybe not even. Check out this Facebook post I did in the in my Facebook group. Check out this live video I did in my Facebook group. Whatever it is to, to warm people up because there's a huge difference between someone that subscribed now and someone that subscribed or someone that subscribed last week and someone that subscribed three months ago, right? They're worlds apart, but there's also a complete, a completely difference between someone that subscribed three months ago and hasn't heard anything about you or someone that subscribed three months ago and have heard about you regularly every week for, for three months there. So I think that's important. Uh, I love the no brainer. Cause I think a lot of course creators will be like, yeah, I'm going to put together this awesome course and it's not going to be cheap going to be $2,000 because I'm good at what I do. And, you know, people need to pay for my time or whatever it may be. Um, when you try and sell it, people are like, eh, nah, I'm not interested. Eh, too expensive. Eh, I'll get this on YouTube, you know? So I think it's important that we're, that we're going customer centric again, you know, what can make it a no brainer for the customer. And I've even, um, uh, it's interesting, right? Because I love having that conversation with customers, especially around price, because a lot of the time it'll look something like this. I'll be like, all right, so look, I'm thinking of putting together this course on this topic here. Is this something you'd be interested in? Yeah. What would you want to see covered? This, 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 this. Awesome. All right, cool. What sort of price point would you, would you pay for that? Like no brainer price point, you know, what would it be? That person might say, ah, look, I would do it. No brainer, 500 bucks easy. I'd be like, oh, sweet. Well, hey, I've actually got it here. You know, do, do you want it for 500 bucks? They're like, oh, no, actually, no, I'm a bit short on money. And I'm like, okay, so what would be your no-brainer price right now? What would you buy it for? Oh, look, 100 bucks. Okay, cool. If I sell it to you now for 100 bucks, will you buy it? Yes, I will. That's the difference between your no-brainer price and someone just telling you what, what they think you want to hear, you know? So I think that, um, that part's important there. What about, um, what can you tell us about positioning and, and price point, Melody? Someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, yeah, this all makes sense. But why is someone going to choose me 
over, you know, a free YouTube thing, maybe, or, or another coach that's, or another um, person that's more experienced and, you know, has, has um, got more testimonials than that. Why would some, what can we do to position ourselves or why would someone pick us? Yeah. So, you know, everyone comes into your world at a different place, right? So sometimes people are ready to buy. They're just ready to hit that buy button because they are problem aware. Other people take a little bit of time to actually warm up to you, like you said. And so I think how that conveys into our pricing and positioning is understanding that we need to, one, mark the solution and exactly outline why someone want to purchase our products by sharing our unique framework. Mm. I talk a lot about that in some of my programs, but basically the solution you have that is unique to you might help someone more than someone who's in the same field, who has the same level of experience, or maybe even just a different level of experience because of you. So you are the unique selling proposition. You are the unique solution. Your experience, your skill set, your story is really going to help to provide someone with the opportunity to work with you. And ultimately, it's the, at the end of the day, it's the customer's choice to purchase from you or not. And, um, you know, there are many people in the course creation fields that uh, are out there, you know, and, and I myself had to ask myself, hey, why do I want to make this? Why am I creating this community? And at the end of the day, I really had to sit down and look at what are the things that I do really well? And then secondly, what are the things that is missing from the marketplace? And I know that based off of questions I received, I know that based off of conversations that I've had with customers or potential customers, friends and other colleagues. And so after really working on that positioning, I was able to say, okay, even though there's a million other resources for free outline, no one has access unless you want to work with me more closely through my unique system, through my unique process and by working with me, with my brain, my knowledge and, and having a conversation, you know, and, and now when you have these big programs, I think it's great that, you know, you have people making millions of dollars in course income, but sometimes if you're a new course creator, it's almost a selling proposition in itself because now somebody's going to have a higher level of access to you. And um, as far as price goes, I think it's great if you want to start selling uh, at anything, right? So like, let's say if you want to start selling a $19 product, do that. If you feel like $19 is way too cheap, charge higher, maybe something under $50. If you are absolutely petrified and you have less than a hundred subscribers on your email list, try something for $5 or a trial for $1. I mean, there's really no, nothing that says you can't start at a low price point and increase that price point as you kind of get more testimonials. And so I think that ultimately choosing the price point was something that you have to factor in based off of what you feel comfortable with and then also what people are willing to pay for. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Yes, 
love it. I love the unique framework. I think that's so important because it's easy just to um, fall into just the normal, I guess. And if you're just in the normal and you don't have the unique framework, there's not really any reason for someone to choose you except maybe price you being the cheapest, but do you really want to be the cheapest? Because then it's going to be, you know, a hard way to, to work yourself up. And this one, the reason why I like that so much coming from a fitness background myself, you need to have that in the fitness background. You can't just sell fitness. Like it's impossible. There's just too many people doing it. Right. But you can always sell a stream, you know, Hey, I help women lose weight by the ketogenic diet. You know, hey, I help women lose weight by the paleo diet. You know, hey, I help women lose weight by the Tabata training method. Hey, I help women lose weight by CrossFit. You know, there's just, even then you need to almost narrow down so much more, but even just with those things there, you know, it's like, what, what is it? Even if we go into the marketing world, you know, hey, I help people get more clients. Uh, you know, that's a hard sell, you know, hey, I help people get more clients using my, using Instagram. Okay, better using Instagram stories, okay, using Instagram reels, using Instagram feed, using Instagram DMs, you know, there's one specific one, someone can look into that. And also from uh, different personalities, obviously, your personality will be different. But you can speak to people that have that personality, if someone's great on live video, and they're like, okay, great, here's how you got to get more clients, you do a live video every single day, someone sucks on live video, they're probably not going to relate to that person. But if, if there could be another coach is like, hey, here's how you do it. You just do blogs, you write one blog, and you put it on Pinterest, and, and whatever it may be, that may speak better to that person. They're not saying one system is better, or even if one system is better in all around than the other, one may speak to the other person more. So I think that's a um, a very, very good point there. Uh, all right. I want to move on and talk about course platforms, Melody. Now, I know your favorite because I, I uh, follow you on, on Instagram, but let's spend a few minutes there. Let us know uh, what's your favorite platform and why. <laughs> yeah. So I know your favorite course platform as well. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, course platforms are a huge, big question in the online e-learning space. And from my corporate training experience, when I was actually helping people create virtual training programs for employees, I worked with big companies with big budgets to come up with these super complex e-learning solutions. And while that makes sense for large corporations to have systems that do fancy things, we don't really need that sort of solution in a very small online business world context. And I'll tell you um, why I think that, and I'll explain some reasonings behind Thinkific. So my favorite course platform at the present time is Thinkific for a number of reasons. One, I like that there's a free plan. Mm -hmm. I think that so often people buy into a course platform that they really don't know what they want and then they decide later on, oh, I need this feature, I need that feature, and now, all of a sudden they have this platform and it doesn't do that. Then they need to migrate their content. And then all of a sudden there's a lot of frustration with migration. You have a lot of systems that are integrated into it day to day. It becomes a chore to kind of migrate. Two, I think it's great if you want to have an online school. So sometimes people have one-off courses, which is fine. Um, but if you want to have an online school of different courses available, I think, think Ethic is great. Um, the third reason I like Thinkific is because I really like that it allows you to do advanced HTML customization. So this is more of a designer type thing. Um, Can you say that slowly again? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it allows you to do HTML customization. 
So for, for instance, um, I use a lot of HTML tools. Um, for instance, I use a tool called Video Ask. Um, Video Ask is a tool that allows you to embed interactive videos into a, another platform like Thinkific. So for instance, if I wanted to create a video of myself asking who you were, I can embed that video into Thinkific and then someone who goes through my course can actually respond with another video or an audio or text. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that is one thing that I like. There's also some other advanced things that I can do with it. Like in, um, I have something that allows you to create um, full interactive video lessons. Um, that's a tool I use called H5P. Um, and then another tool I like using is ThingLink. T-H-I-N-G-L-I-N-K. Um, so those are more kind of advanced things that I like about it. Obviously not every course creator is gonna need those type of things, um, but I find that the kind of customization that I like doing is just a matter of preference. I will say, if you're just on the fence for trying to find the perfect course platform out there and you spend a few months trying to figure it out, I think there's a little bit of uh, hesitancy possibly because you're a perfectionist. I know I work with lots of perfectionists. Myself, I am a recovering perfectionist. So just find one that works for you and just work with it. And if you find that it's too hard to use, go look for another platform and find something in your budget. Yes. Love it. And I think, um, I've used all of them, you know, and I still use, I've still got a Thinkific free account, you know? Um, and yeah, I think my take with that is as Melody said, like any of the big ones anyway, are good enough. If you're on Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi, Nuzenla, Kartra, you know, any of those sort of big ones are going to be good enough. No matter what it is, there's people making millions of dollars on those platforms. Sunny Lenarduzzi uses Thinkific, I think. You know, yeah. and she's one of the the most popular course creators in the world. So, yeah, all of them, uh, all of them have their features. I wouldn't spend too long. Ah, oh, well, this one, this, and this one, that. Like, get one and and go. I Thinkific's probably the one I've used the least. I don't think I've ever run a school on on Thinkific. Um, but what I've heard is is people like yourself who like those advanced features, use Thinkific. You know, I had another fellow who does, he makes it more, he gamifies it and whatever, and he's like, I can only do it with Thinkific because of this thing here. So I think mm -hmm. that's a, a good point there. Um, Melody, my final question is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for plenty of people out there that want to launch their courses. I'm curious to hear who your mentors have been. If you could share with us your best paid mentor, so someone that you've paid money to, and they've, um, you know, they've, uh, you've done their course, their coaching program, someone that you haven't paid money to, but you still consider them a mentor. Maybe you follow them on social media, watch their YouTube, whatever it may be, uh, and a book that you recommend everyone should read if they want to be a successful course creator. Okay. That's a great question. So um, paid mentors, I've had a lot of paid mentors and I think it's uh, really what you want to come down to is finding someone that you can relate to that is where you want to get. So I recently went through two programs. One was about optimization for systems and that was with Teresa Beretta. And so operations and management of your standard operating procedures was not something I thought I was needing until I was running so many different internal projects and external projects for clients that I just sort of felt 
overwhelmed and needed better systems in place. And so she really helped me to optimize my internal systems and operations. It's re I really recommend it if you have an agency or um, if you even have a non-online business. So if you are someone who has a brick and mortar company and you need help with optimizing your workflows for systems, definitely recommend Teresa Beretta. And the other mentor that I feel like has been really influential is a one of my mentors, her name is Elizabeth Goddard. And so she helped a lot with flash marketing, really just getting out your pillars of course content instead of spending a long time creating it. So she has some really great resources on flash sales and tripwires and little things that really add up to wonderful revenue in your business and also doing business in a way that feels fun. So for free people that I watch um, that... I haven't really invested heavily in. I absolutely love um, watching Elise Dharma's content. She has some really great courses and resources, which I've purchased a few of them, um, but nothing, you know, one-on-one -on -one or anything like that. But Elise Dharma is my favorite for Instagram reels, for uh, video content, and just in general, just online business and digital marketing. And I feel like she's great. The last question about courses and creating an online course for a book. This one is a, a bit of a, um, I don't know if I have a favorite uh, book on course creation. Even if it's not course creation, it <laughs> might be business in general, you know, sales, whatever it may be. Yeah. So I would say, you know, I would say like the profit first book is really a great oh, one to, yeah. to look into. So, you know, if you're trying to grow your business, especially if you're on your own, you're doing it for the first time, or even you have income coming in, but you're not quite sure where the bottom line is and what your profit is. I know taxes and, and money can be really overwhelming, especially if you're in the investment stage and you haven't quite generated enough cash. Um, to, to really start making this full time. I do think that is a really great book. I really recommend checking it out. Um, and uh, Story Brand, another great book. Uh, storytelling is such an important element in creating a brand for your business as a course creator. And so those books are really, really impactful to me. And I'm sure that there's so many other books I'm not thinking of right now, but definitely I would start with those. I love that you've mentioned those. I, I basically run my whole business on the profit first system because I had no idea what I was doing um, accounting wise, financially wise, you know, how much money do I pay myself? How much money should I put back into the business? You know, how do I know if I'm doing well? How much money do I spend on marketing? How much should I invest in staff? I had no idea. I read that book and still to today, I run my whole business based on, on that system there. And it makes it so much easier. I recommend everyone listening to this, read that book and just follow it to a T. Your life will be so much less stressful. Your business will be so much less stressful. And even if you don't make more money, it's just, it's, it clears everything up. So at least, you know, exactly what you're making and you'll never come to tax time and be like, oh, damn, I should have uh, done that. So I love that. And story brand. Yeah, that's probably the most, because I ask this question to everyone, right? And that's that and Russell Brunson's books are the two ones that, that uh, come up. So look, Millie, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you, but forgot to, or is there anything you want to finish us off with? 
No, I think you covered all the basics and it was a pleasure chatting with you. I think for anyone who's listening, who really wants to create an online course or wants to scale their online courses to the next level, I think that you have an amazing idea. It's just about finding someone who you can work with to really grow it into the kind of business that you want. And also I would say, really there are customers waiting for you to create it. So go out there, make your content. And I have lots of free ways to connect up with me. As you said earlier, I have a free course creator starter outline, which I'll send over the link to you for that. And uh, lots of free content on my YouTube channel and podcast as well. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Melody. Thank you. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.